0: But, yes, it should be an interesting MLB playoffs. Also, kind of something that will be kind of interesting to watch is what the managers will do with their pitching staffs and rotations with the, you know, three-game series here and then five-game series then two seven-game series. It's a a longer playoff than normal, so we'll see where, you know, rotations and and bullpens will be used and how that will play into who advances and stuff. But let's make our way over now to the NFL. Week three is over, another great week, some other great performances, some other poor, not great performances. As always, the NFL season kind of taking shape more and more. Jan, why don't you run us through a couple of the games? We'll go back and forth and, and talk about everything that happened this weekend in the NFL.
1: Right. Well, let's start in the AFC East uh we were very right about one of these and i was very wrong about another one so i'm gonna eat crow second so i'll do the one that i thought was gonna happen first uh the raiders versus the patriots the patriots have had a five and a half uh point uh spread lead on them and they did cover that they win 36 to 20 we talked about it you know bill belichick loves to take your best player out of the game josh jacobs held the 71 yards on the ground Patriots win on defense and in the run game. Sonny Michelle having a breakout game this season, 117 yards on the ground. Rex Burkhead with three touchdowns. You know, the defense gets three forced fumbles. It, it, it's a good DNA for the Patriots team that Cam Newton doesn't have to do it every time. Looked much more like the Tom Brady kind of-esque Patriots that we remember. You know, obviously the game plan is going to change every week because that's who Bill Belichick is. But, yeah, it was a good win for the Patriots. And the Raiders have some thinking to do about what they do if someone stops Josh Jacobs because it seems like they didn't really have an answer for that. You know, obviously the defense defensive the – Darren Waller good, too. Yep. Yeah, yep, yeah, that's fair. I mean, Darren that Waller
0: – did Darren Waller even have a catch?
1: No, I don't think so. Hunter Renfro it, was their top it, receiver. He took, he,
0: and like I mean, Belichick took Waller out so
1: much. Right, exactly. And when your best player is your running back – you know, the Patriots can do that. They can shore up the line and take out away a cop receiver and do both of those things. So, you know, Oakland, uh, sorry, not Oakland. <laughs> Las Vegas has some thoughts about what they need to do. Uh, and But they're both 2-1, and one, so both their season's still in the positive early on. So we shall see what happens there. In the other game, the Rams play the Bills, and one of these teams is going to leave with a defeat and I just have to say, my bad, Josh Allen is an MVP candidate. I yes, was wrong. He, is. he had five total touchdowns in this win. Bills win 35 to 32. They were a two and a half point favorites, so they cover the spread even. You know, Bills did blow a 25 point lead, so it's not the most convincing of wins. But Buffalo deserves to be three and zero. Oh. And, yeah, I mean, Josh Allen deserves to be in the MVP conversation with the best of them. And we'll see what he can do now when he comes up against the Patriots. Obviously, that's going to be the big game. You know, can they get past the defense? How does Bill Belichick react to stopping your best player when your best player is your quarterback? Always an interesting conversation. But, yeah, you also have to say, though, the Rams defense looked ugly. They did. They looked real bad. And as good as Josh Allen did, this defense did not look as tight as it did in the first two games. But, you know, something good for Los Angeles. Uh, Jared Goff, Cooper Cup, Daryl Henderson Jr., Robert Woods, they all looked pretty promising down the stretch, especially when they were in that comeback mode. So I don't think it's anything for concern that they lose this game. You know, Rams 2-1. and one, They don't even fall too far behind the NFC West because of results up elsewhere. So they're still in good shape. This was more a story about Josh Allen proving that he is an MVP candidate for the rest of the season. And I only have one thing to say, and it's my bad. But at the same time... I needed him to prove it against a good team, and he did. So, thank you, Josh. Thank you, Josh. I'm sorry for
0: doubting you. Yeah, no, he. Uh, I mean, I think too. It's like with Josh Allen, because he's one of those quarterbacks that, when he got started, it was like you know actively hurting his team to being a game manager to now. I mean, like that he made throws on Sunday that it was like, damn, that that's a, that's a like a it's a playmaker. That's a guy that's gonna make be a difference maker. For your team, he's not he's not just throwing the ball, you know, five yards or just trying to not turn it over like he is actively making you guys better, which was impressive because I I thought he was having a good season. But I was like, you know, he hasn't done it against the best players and the best teams or what have you. And the Rams defense does have had some holes in it, you know, even with having Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald. Um, And we saw Aaron Donald make make an impact in that game with the strip sack. But yeah, I was I was extremely impressed with Josh Allen. I think he he's shown his elevation as a quarterback, and I think too, you know, you get him a guy like Stephon Diggs, and now he actually has a number one receiver to throw it to. Which I mean, like the, the the Bills' quarterback issues over the last decade, yeah, some of those quarterbacks have not been great, but they've also had nobody to throw it to. So Allen gets Stephon Diggs, and and certainly that offense is starting to look. Pretty pretty strong and, and entertaining. So I'll start as normal with my Packers as Jan starts at the Patriots. The Packers win Sunday night football 37 to 30 over the Saints. The Packers are legit. You know, I mean I like to be an optimistic fan, but once my team actually might be good, I don't like I start trying to find holes in them because I don't want to get my expectations too up. But this team's good. I mean, obviously we know the struggle with the Saints. Uh the defense is good at times, but but Sometimes it lets up a big play. And offensively, we know that Drew Brees has has regressed. He is getting older. Uh father time staying undefeated. But Packers went down into New Orleans without their top receiver and, you know, took this game, won this game on the road against a team who, you know, at the start of the season thought was going to be a tough opponent in the NFC. But they wouldn't got a dunce. So Darius Smith making a a turnover. I think that's the one thing that out of the Packers that I need to see more of, obviously the offense has been explosive. Um, 37 points is the lowest they've scored. I mean, they're still averaging over 40 points a game. It's the sixth highest point total through three games in NFL history. It's the highest point total ever for the Packers through three games. Um, we've seen, you know, that the improvement from Alan Lazard, big ups to him, that guy absolutely killed it. You know, Aaron's faith in him. He has rewarded that faith through hard work and playing well. So love to see a Des Moines guy do well for the Packers, even if he is a Cyclone. But yeah, Packers, 37-30. They moved to 3-0. They're they're tied atop the NFC. Unfortunately, they're also tied atop the NFC North because the Bears are somehow 3-0. They beat the Falcons 30-26. to Come on, Atlanta. I pick you to win the division, and you not only get another loss to make me look bad, you lose to the Bears, the team I need you to beat. And now I have to jump off the Atlanta train because the Packers play them next week, which means they're going in an 0 4 hole. Dan Quinn is gone. Hope you enjoyed your time in Atlanta, but you will be searching for a new job. Let the head coaching carousel begin down in Atlanta because this team's done. They, I mean, they can't win a game. Uh, you know, really, the biggest thing from that question is the Bears are one of the weirdest 3 0 teams I can remember. And what's this quarterback bonanza going to be? Because is Foles going to stay healthy? And even if he doesn't, if Foles, is Foles going to stay playing quarterback well? Like We all act as if you know Ben Foles is Peyton Manning sometimes. We're like No, he came in, in the backup for the Eagles and had a great run. But there's a reason the guy hasn't been a starting quarterback. There was a reason he wasn't the starter in Philly when he made that Super Bowl run. So I, I think Chicago is – I mean, I get why they did it, but um, the Trubisky experience is not getting any easier or any clearer. In Chicago that's for sure but they are 3-0 and tied atop the NFC North with the Packers
1: yeah I mean the Bears at 3-0 don't you hate that don't you hate that I like mean, how like I'm like sick I, we're
0: 3-0 we got road wins over the Vikings and the Saints took down the Lions and then there's the Bears like
1: right yeah now three wins I mean it's what I said though last week Matt right like I said if the Falcons go in and let and let the Bears throw all over them then you should fire everybody. And guess what? I stand by it. Fire everybody. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Fire everybody. Oh, <laughs> I mean they're Goodness, and,
0: They're 0-3. And, and I don't think it's getting any better. And this is a team that's like it, you know. Right. Dan Quinn's gotten rid of the coordinators. He's done all the, the things you do as a head coach to save yourself. It's it it's yeah. done with.
1: It's it's done, right? And and uh yeah, I don't know what you what the question there is you know, no team in the modern era had ever led up like two big fourth point quarter leads uh, and they did it back to back, you know? And, and so it, it's really hard to swallow for Atlanta fans, I'm sure. Uh, but as for Packers fans, yeah, you guys can look good. I mean, you guys, the question was who can step up, you know, behind Devonte Adams and, you know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, can they, he trust them and he, they've got players there that can do that, you know, and, and, even though Drew Brees didn't play the best, he didn't play too poorly. You know, he definitely didn't play too poorly. Kamara so. killed it. Kamara killed it for sure. But
0: God, Kamara, Kamara was a monster out there. But
1: yeah, but you got to win when players are playing well, even as much as you have to win when players aren't playing well. So I, I think the Packers showed that, that they could, that could, they could hold with it despite the Saints, you know, main star kind of, well, main star, but you know, Alvin Kamara going off. So I, I, I was very happy for them. They, they boost their contention, you know, I, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens there, especially with some other NFC team, uh, powerhouse teams falling this weekend uh, to see, you know, if the Packers can keep it up uh, with this undefeated run. Um, I'm going to move on to the Titans-Vikings game, another NFC North team trying to find a win. They did not. They did not. They did not. They lose 31 to 30. You know, they cover the spread, which is nice. It was a two and a half point for the Titans, but... Steven Goskowski hitting his sixth field goal of the day with 148 left. I mean, talk about a turnaround. We thought he was going to get fired after game one. He comes in here and wins the game for Tennessee. You know, Tannehill played okay, but he didn't throw a single touchdown, had an interception. The real story of the game was Derrick Henry, 119 yards on the ground, two touchdowns, continues to be that running back beast for Tennessee. Dalvin Cook also came to play, though, had 181 yards and a touchdown on the ground. I mean, obviously, though, the most surprising story – rookie receiver just jefferson 175 yards seven catches one touchdown i mean Grant hit 71 yards we're on a touchdown catch but still uh and also though kirk cousins looking disappointing again two more interceptions in this game vikings are 0 three i don't really know what they do from here i mean it's hard the own three hole is hard and you know they still got to play the packers one more time and you know with the way they're playing and the way that the Bears seem to eke out wins, I'm not necessarily certain that they can beat the Bears too. So it's going to be interesting to see what the Vikings do from here. But on the other hand, the Titans are three and zero. They look good in a division that doesn't look good. So good for them, and I have them in a very secure playoff spot right now.
0: They have three wins with a combined six points.
1: I love that though. That's what you got to do. That's the most
0: tight. That's the most Titan stat in the world.
1: It is, it is, it is, and uh, it's, you know, it's not the wins, it's not the It's not the gap, it's, it's how you get them, I suppose, but it'll be interesting to see what happens when they play a team that, that is doing really well, because I don't think they've played a team that's, like, doing really well just yet, but let's talk about another team that, that needed a win and did not get it, and not only did not get it, Matthew, but absolutely shat the bed, I mean, didn't come to play and we're living in the city right now Matthew it's the New York Jets playing the Indianapolis Colts the Indianapolis Colts were an 11 to point half point favorite fine they won 36 to 7 and i mean it wasn't because it wasn't because they looked good on offense in fact they did not look good on offense and the only reason that the jets didn't lose 60 to 0 is because they didn't look, the colts weren't very good on offense but you know jets played awfully the, de- the i mean the colts defense did well fine they you know three interceptions Two pick sixes, the safety, but Jets are officially, officially. If they weren't before, they're officially the worst team in the league. You know, it's real bad there. Fire the coach, get rid of Sam Darnold. I don't know. I don't know what to say to you. You know, like you're getting Trevor Lawrence, you can be happy about that. But there's nothing else more to say about the Jets. They're they going to zero and three. Colts are two and one. Need some offensive improvements, but didn't need them. Didn't even need an offense in this one to beat the New York Jets.
0: Yeah, the Jets are, I mean, we know the story with the Jets. It's not going to change. But Colts, what a weird team, you know. I mean, they probably should have beaten the Jaguars. They'd be 3-0 and right now. So, I mean, I think especially with the, you know, seventh spot, that um, the playoffs don't seem out of the, you know, realm of possibility for them. And they are, you know, only a game behind Tennessee. So, and we've talked about how Tennessee isn't, you know, one of those teams that's going to blow you out. As we said, six point. 6 differential after three wins so but um yeah jets are yikes
1: trash uh, they're trash team. wow what a team was, i watched them at a bar the other day and it was soul-sucking to watch the yeah. jets play at a new york bar i mean it was bad and i'm not even a jets fan and it was bad
0: i feel i don't know how anyone is but you now another uh franchise that's been tortured for quite a while cleveland Of course, everybody was running out of Cleveland saying the house was on fire, ship was on fire. Everything's all horrible after the Ravens spanked them. They're now two and one. Uh, Of course, it's been against the Bengals and Washington, but they did win 34 to 20. I think, you know, yeah, it's against poor opponents, but I think that, you know, gives credence anymore to the, you know, adage of like, well, they don't have to play Baltimore every game. And they don't like you. You get to go play Washington and Bengals. You don't just have to pay Lamar Jackson. Uh, but again, you know, for the Cleveland, it was all about the running game. Uh, Chubb killed it. Two touchdowns for him when they run the ball. When they let Baker Mayfield, when they don't ask him to do more than he should, then the offense looks strong. And and I think the offense is going to keep on evolving. And I think he, he can have some big passing games, especially when you got guys like Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. catching the ball for you. I, I think you know. Your your job already isn't too tough, um, and uh, you know as as for Washington, I, I'm pressed again by that defensive line. But this is you know D- Wayne Haskins actually looks pretty solid. McLaren had a good game. Those young those young players are playing better, um, and, and they're showing some signs of improvement. But obviously, a long way to go for that team and that franchise to kind of get back into the winning ways. You talked about one New York team that looked bad. The Giants didn't look any better. Thirty-six to nine loss to San Francisco. This was San Francisco's, I, I think, F team. Um, and look, you know, the Giants are a poor team, and, and we're missing a decent amount of players themselves. But this is impressive by San Fran. I mean, as I said, offensively, you're missing your quarterback, both your running backs, your top receiving target, and George Kittle. The defensive line is missing Solomon Thomas and, and Nick Bosa. You're, you're missing real, you know, key cornerstones of your team on both sides of the ball, and you come in and shellac a team thirty-six to nine. I mean, I don't care who you're playing as an NFL team for them to do that with all those injuries. I think it's a huge credit to the core strength of that team and of the 49ers. Um, And it is good omen for going forward. You see how how strong that team can be even when they miss players again, you know, playing New York Giants. But I was impressed by Sam Fran uh, and big win for them
1: yeah I mean, definitely impressive. I think less impressive that they beat the Giants, but more impressive that they could still get that kind of pointage, you know you know that's never guaranteed uh so I definitely think that it's good for them and it's good it'll boost their hopes ahead of some harder games ahead. I'm sure, yeah, as for Washington it kinda it does feel like a lot of rookies playing together who need some time. Browns did well, they got a good they got a good formula there. So they just have to keep on playing, and you know, other teams lost to Washington. So it's not like it's yeah. not like Washington's the worst team in the league, and they beat them. You know, really,
0: They're,
1: yeah. So I I think that you you can't take that away from the Browns. Happy to see them at two and one, especially after that awful loss at the beginning. And yeah, well, it, only good things ahead for them. I think you know, I, I I they they have a game plan that works for their team. Does it make them the best team in the league? No. Does it make them effective? Yes. So I think that. That'll be very interesting, and I mean, the real question is: Does New York get a Super Bowl in the next fifty years? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, even if they it's get Trevor years oh my gosh, it's going to be the longest drought. Honestly, it's going to yeah. be really interesting to see whether they can, you know, get get out of this hole. But you know, obviously, bad luck for the Giants losing Saquon Barkley, and uh, that that's hard. But you know, the Jets have no excuse. Uh, I'm going to go to the last two games of my series that I'm going to be covering. Obviously, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were in action again. Tom Brady, can he grab a winning record for his club? And he did with a 28 10 win over the Jeff Driscoll led Broncos. You know, Brady threw three touchdowns, no interceptions, looked pretty tight. The real story of this one, though, is that the Broncos couldn't do anything against a dominant Bucs defense. I mean, the Bucs defense just held them on every single possession. It was pretty, you know, hard to watch for a Broncos fan. So, you know, Bucs got the win. Broncos need some changes. We'll see what they do. Uh another storyline, <laughs> uh Brady finding Mike Evans in the end zone twice, two receptions, two yards, two touchdowns. Uh I believe it was Matt that said this crazy statistics. You want to you want to say it, Matt.
0: I believe the fourth player to ever do that. Which how how the hell did three other players have that stat line?
1: Right, it's crazy, and I love that. And you know, I have Mike Evans on my fantasy football, so he can do that every week if he wants to. Uh, that'll that'll get me. That'll make me very happy. I'm okay with yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, Bucks are two and one. Broncos are on three, despite looking really good at times. You know, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Had a lot of promise coming in with Drew Locke with Noah Fant, who also played pretty well in this game. Considering their offense looked abysmal. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be hard for them with their division and 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 with all the games they have coming up, but. You know, never say never. It's gonna. They, it's just time to build one win at a time in Denver, and I think that's what they have to focus on. And finally, the game that everybody wanted to see—it was Dak Prescott against Russell Wilson, the Dallas Cowboys against the Seattle Seahawks. High octane offenses, defenses that just get burned on every other possession down the field. You know who is going to win? It's a thirty-eight to thirty-one win for russell wilson i mean can either of these teams be in a game that's not dramatic honestly like no it's truthfully that's part of the
0: reason i like i have like reservations on the seahawks because like all their games feel like it's going at like neck break speed like if it feels like every game is playing with such fire like they're always just like coming like sprinting down to the wire every single time like they never can just like all right we won comfortably
1: Right. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what they can do. And I agree after this game, I I do have some reservations about, you know, what their defense is actually capable of, you know, especially because we thought, Oh, against the Patriots, it's hard to defend Cam Newton, you know, and Oh, against the Falcons, Matt Ryan's a good quarterback. And Oh, you know, you can say again, again, Dak Prescott, you know, but like, that's a great point. Right. But at some point you have to, you have to be able to figure something out and they didn't. So you know, Dak Prescott threw two interceptions in this game, but they were both bad decisions. You know, it, it wasn't like their defense made these huge plays. Uh, biggest story, though, Russell Wilson, five touchdowns. He's on pace to throw 75 touchdowns on the freaking season. It's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, he won't, obviously, but just crazy what this guy's doing. And uh, MVP candidate, uh, you know, extraordinaire over here. You know, you heard it here first, and you'll hear it here for the rest of the year. You know, Russell Wilson playing really well. Uh, Another storyline, you know, the receivers, you know, DK Metcalf, 110 yards and a touchdown. Tyler Lockett had three different touchdowns. Michael Gallup having a breakout game for Dallas and for Yannick's fantasy football team, 138 yards and a touchdown. And Cedric Wilson, 107 yards and two touchdowns for the Cowboys as well. You know, neither of these teams, you know, Cowboys are one and two, but the NFC East is so horrendous that, like, they'll find – And Seattle's 3-0, and they lead the NFC West now after two losses uh, by their other undefeated opponents. So, you know, good game for both of them. Uh, But, yeah, their defenses need some work. Their defenses absolutely need some work. It's like they came in and didn't think that the other team was going to throw all over them. And so both teams threw all over them. But, yeah, exciting game once again. I'm sure Seahawks and Cowboys fans are tired of that. They just want a simple win for once in their goddamn life.
0: Yeah, it's uh, got to be a little exhausting. I can't believe I, – I, Greeny said today that the Buccaneers are the best team in the NFC, and I, I could not what? believe it. I could not Why? believe it. I don't know. All they've done is beat the Broncos and the Panthers. The Packers, albeit okay, – okay, so I think the Saints are going to get a little bit worse you know, here and there. I think the Buccaneers are going to get better. So I think their opening game between the two isn't like – a great measuring stick for the whole season, but the Buccaneers went to New Orleans and lost. The Packers just went to New Orleans and won. So how are you going to sit here and tell me that Tampa Bay is, but whatever. Um, Yeah. Cowboys and Seahawks. I mean, if you're the Cowboys, you got to be feeling kind of confident because you're, you don't even need a win your division. The Eagles, of course, and the Bengals. we're not going to spend long on this because I, I don't want to talk at 23, 23. It was a tie. It was literally was like, I remember saying this to you Yannick like if I'm an Eagles fan and we get a field goal late to win I'm not going to feel good about it and then they go and they get a tie they did like they give the Eagles the most unsatisfactory result in the world and I well we didn't lose being a Philly yeah dude, being a Philly fan right now has to be rough that game was horrendous good on Joe Burrow proud of that guy Wentz made some nice plays but you know we, we know wins can make nice plays. It's but, the other poor yeah. plays that he mixes in there. The other kind of less exciting game, although not for Carolina, They uh, Matt Rule did get his first NFL head coaching win with a 21-16 to 16 win over the Chargers. We kind of thought Herbert was going to come out ready to go after the good performance against the Chiefs, but Carolina's defense was able to cause some turnovers, um, and it was a good day for Teddy Bridgewater. So congratulations to Coach Matt Rule for getting his first NFL win. This Sunday for the Carolina Panthers, another kind of upset, the Cardinals 2-0 go into a battle with the Lions and end up losing. Detroit takes it home, 26-23. to You know, I, I was kind of waiting for this to happen to Arizona just because they are kind of the, the upstart team and, and all that. And I think sometimes when that happens, you, you get brought down to earth a little bit by a team that maybe you should beat. At the same time, you know, when, when I talked about the Detroit-Green Bay game, I – I mentioned how I, I think Detroit's going to have a lot of close games like they did against Chicago, and and here's another one of those. I mean, I think Detroit's going to lose lose a lot like that, but I think they're going to win a decent amount like that, uh, and we we're able to pull it out this week against Arizona. I, I don't think it's a, a worry for Arizona. I think they're still heading in the right direction. We knew this team was young, and as for Detroit, it's, it's a nice win to get on the road. You avoid going 0-3, and, and sitting at 1-2, and they keep themselves in contention far more. Finally, Pittsburgh Steelers, 28, Houston Texans, 21. Oh, Deshaun Watson, how I feel for you so much. I mean, the guy, one of the best players. He's so likable. He's so hardworking. He's talented. He's humble. And he's stuck on this sorry-ass team with this sorry-ass franchise. As receivers, I mean, Randall Cobb steps up for a little bit. He gets a touchdown and helps him a bit. But Will Fuller is really the only one helping Deshaun out. David Johnson's doing his part in the backfield, but the guy has no help at all. Um you know I get Houston's head at a bit of a ringer with the opening schedule. You start with KC, then Baltimore, and now Pittsburgh. But you know I think you could forgive going 0 and 3 in those games, but those games got to be close and they weren't close against KC, they weren't close against Baltimore. They were in this game at least, but unable to see it out and you just you want, I mean, Texans got to turn it around soon. Um and it's a shame because I think we all know how good Deshaun Watson is and you want him to be able to compete in those games against Lamar and Patrick and Big Ben. As for the Steelers, you know, they, they feel like they're in this weird limbo of like they're not quite as good as the Chiefs or the Ravens, but they're better than the rest of the AFC. Like I feel confident that they could beat any AFC team, but I don't think I would choose them to beat the Ravens or Chiefs. So they, they feel pretty cemented there as the third best. Beth's the best team in the afc pardon me but we'll see big ben playing well that defense of course ferocious as always and james connor had his best week of the year so far this week so well done for pittsburgh those are all the results nfl results and reactions from me and jan now a couple of just kind of discussion questions regarding the young nfl season jan for you which team's the most enjoyable to watch
1: Oh, I that, I didn't know what to do, uh what to say about this question cuz like what does enjoyable mean? And so I went with like who I have the most fun watching, not because they're the best team.
0: That's what enjoyable means. Good job. Cool. He figured out he figured cool. out that
1: that tough conundrum, guys. Hey, you know, I thought enjoyable was like I I get the best feelings out of them or I'm just like watching them play. Um but the Cowboys are my an enjoyable team to watch i just they've got so much talent and yet they find themselves in these crazy positions all the time you know and they have receivers like cedric wilson and michael gallup coming out of nowhere amari cooper Ezekiel elliott every other week you know cd lamb can he do something you know you got obviously Alden smith on the other side of the ball and yeah you got the dallas kind of you know mentality around every game and mike mccarthy playing as well so uh yeah, it's it's very interesting uh stuff going on in Dallas and I just like watching them play every week. Not necessarily cheering for or against them, just seeing like what what are they going to get themselves in this week? Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I mean they got exciting weapons. I love watching Dak play and it is, you know, there is some bit of an aura with the Cowboys, I suppose. Uh I was I honestly I was like maybe Atlanta, right? I mean, lots <laughs> of points, close games, like if you're just going for like viewership uh, in Atlanta game, you know you're going to get a good one. But I, I went with Arizona. I just think watching Kyler run that offense, especially now that he's got DeAndre, um, the other weapons there, Kenyon Drake and such. you got the veteran Larry Fitzgerald. And I think Cl- Cliff Kingsbury is kind of finding his his path and his way as a coach as well. So I think the team is going to get only more fun to watch, um, truly offensively, you know, one of the most dynamic teams. And then the next question I'll start it is: which team started hot or started not? hot uh, but you see having their season turnaround I went with the Detroit Lions uh, I really do think they're going to win more games than people expect a- as I mentioned before I think they're going to have a lot of close games on their hands but I think they're going to be able to to win more than they lose get themselves in the playoff hunt and and save Mr. Patricia's job I think his team likes him a lot they just they have had some tough breaks uh, and I think the, bo- the ball is going to bounce Detroit's way a little more this year Stafford and those boys make some plays and, uh, and maybe find themselves in the playoffs again. Jan, who's your hot or not that's going to turn it around?
1: I'm going to go with a controversial pick here, not because I think that they're going to you know do really well this season, just because I think they're going to do better than their 0-3 start has assumed. I'm going with the Houston Texans. Yes, you're right. I like it. The, the franchise is a freaking mess. They need to get Bill O'Brien far away from Deshaun Watson. They need to have – protective custody around that guy honestly like they need to literally just get him away from the team and they need some more weapons around Deshaun. but as much as I still think he has less weapons it was good to see Will Fuller step up a little bit it was good to see Randall Cobb doing something it shows that his receivers are trying to help him even if like you know it seems like they can't get a lot done And you know they do have David Johnson but they they could have lost the Steelers team a lot more you know like Steelers had to have a comeback in this one a little bit even and with that really great defense you know i i think they are better than their own 3 start says it was a three hard games like you mentioned and i think they come back i think they probably just miss out on a playoff spot but i definitely think that they have the ability to contest for those later wild card spots especially considering the afc east has so east sorry the afc like division has so many different teams that are up and down all the time so i i i do think that they will kind of turn things around a little bit and have a better end than an O and three start would entail. For
0: sure. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you too. With I mean, like, like we said, you know, Chiefs, Ravens, top Steelers, I, would, you know, maybe throw Titans, but besides that four, I think the rest of the AFC, you're like, oh, I, we can compete with them. Um, some of them should not even compete. We should dominate. So it, it certainly seems like the path to the playoffs is still a viable option for them, but. You don't want to go zero and four,
1: yeah. That's hard. That's impossible. <laughs> yeah, I th-
0: the Packers went one and four one year and made the playoffs. I think it was like two thousand five. It was crazy. It was we finished right, like ten and six.
1: Right, and there's the extra playoff spot, obviously. So you know, yeah. there's that. But, that uh,
0: yeah, you know, what no teams like yeah. Let's just go zero and four, and then we'll get in that seventh spot. That'll be it'll be the perfect season.
1: Hey, if you said that to Deshaun Watson and you said he was going to finish in the seventh spot, I'm sure he would take it right now. He'd probably take it right now, yeah. <laughs> but. Oh, boy.
0: But that's the NFL Week 3 results and reactions from me and Jan. It's such a fun season. It's nice to have football back. Yannick, before we get down to the, the old cool down, cue the R&B music section of our wonderful Two Beers Please episode, Mr. Doc Rivers after seven years in Los Angeles, is gone. He has been let go by the Clippers after the loss to the Nuggets, decided to part ways with the veteran head coach. And now the Los Angeles Clippers, led by Kawhi, Paul George, still certainly one of the favorites for the title next year, are looking for a coach.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's... It's very interesting, and it'll be very interesting to see. I, I heard Ty Lue's name thrown in the ring. You know, will he have a comeback there? You know, I heard Jeff, Gent- Jeff Van Gundy's name thrown in the ring. You know, what does that mean? Uh, yeah, I, think it's be- gonna,
0: I think it's going to be Sam Cassell.
1: Sam Cassell? Okay, that's a mm,
0: good pick. That's I my prediction. That. I, think, I think they keep it, you know. But that's why I think Lou has a chance, because, uh, you know, he's an assistant for the Clippers as well as, as Cassell. But Cassell's been there for so long. He's a little more of a veteran. Hasn't had a head coaching job yet. But I, I wouldn't be surprised by Lou either. Um, but I am leaning towards Cassell. But I but I think those two are are the clear front runners just because I think if you're LA, you don't really you don't want like a full reset with right. a new head coach and everything. Like you get somebody that that knows your t- team and and knows these players, knows what they're trying to do and stuff. So I, I think I would be surprised if it's not Ty Lou or, or, or Sam Cassell.
1: Yeah, me as well. I agree. I, they don't want to go for a full reset, and the question also becomes now: Doc Rivers, where does he where does go? Doc
0: go? Yeah,
1: I think he's probably headed. And I and I hesitate to say this because we'll see, but he's used to coaching big personalities, so maybe him and Joel Embiid match up in Philly.
0: Him in Philly,
1: I wouldn't mind. It'd be Dude, I kind of love Doc in uh, Philly. Yeah,
0: I'm I kind. I mean, I kind of think I think I think Doc's gonna take a year or two to, uh, you know. Maybe be an analyst or something, make some nice money just talking about uh, basketball instead of coaching it. And then I think he swings back around and finds a coaching job. I mean, he's still he's fifty eight. He's young. He's not done yet. He's got
1: unfinished business too. He
0: wants another. he he wants another ring.
1: Yeah, he definitely does. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what uh, he does. And yeah, it's a sad. I mean, it's sad because you didn't want to see him get fired, but someone had to go after that game. You never do. And like. Yeah, and uh, someone had to go after the disappointing exit, and you weren't going to get rid of Kawhi, and you weren't going to get rid of Paul George, so you got to get rid of, got to get rid of the coach. So it just has to happen. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see another vacancy. We'll see what happens. You th- so you you think they had you think they had to fire him? I think somebody needed to answer for it, and I don't know what other answer they could have given. They, I don't think they had to fire them. I could. I think in my head they could have very much been like, you know, we're. We're coming back. But I just think that, like, somebody needed to answer for, like, what happened. And I don't think – I think what happened was, well, we can't play Kawhi and PG. We still want them to be the contenders next year. So do we blame Doc? And I think that became the conversation. He's been there a while. You know, like you said, we've got these options on the assistant coach bench that we think can step up. I think that's probably what the conversation was. And probably Doc, I'm sure, like you said, I'm sure Doc wasn't, like, fighting it either. They probably, honestly, had a nice mutual conversation where they were like, hey, we're thinking of making this change. You've done so much for us. Thank you. But we got to move on and win a championship next year. And, yeah, I don't think there was a lot of blood loss between it, for sure. I I was certainly, I mean, I was shocked by the news because I didn't, I mean, I didn't, it's their
0: first year together, first year Doc with them. I didn't think there was any need to overreact. Um which is why I think they should keep it in house because I think if you do try and get a new coaching staff, you're just you're gonna have issues again next year. Um, so I think it's a, I think it's a dumb firing. I'm I'm not a huge Doc Rivers fan. Like I I think Doc Rivers is a, is a little overrated as a coach. I think he's a really good like players coach. Gets along with his guys terrifically and, and can handle those personalities really really well. But I don't think he's a terrific coach. Um, but I, I still I, I don't think it's Especially with – I mean, unless you're really going to try to sell these guys on the coach because PG and Kawhi are free agents after next year. So, I don't know. Interesting firing to me. I I don't quite get it. But if uh, you know Sam Cassell can go get a head coaching job because of this, I'll be quite happy. But sorry for Doc, and we'll see where he ends up, and we'll see what the the Clippers decide to do as they still will enter next year as as one of the favorites for the NBA championship.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's going to be interesting, and they will have a lot to – to prove, after the Lakers win this finals, they'll have to prove that they can even compete in L.A. You know that's going to be definitely the question.
0: Oh, that's that's always been the the, the, the quagmire,
1: so to speak, yeah,
0: for for the Clippers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not even not even second fiddle, but. All right, Jan, let's cool down a little bit. Let's talk pizza toppings. Oh, yeah. I want to know what your favorite toppings are. I want to know if you think cheese is a topping, pineapple on pizza. Is that cool? Are there any pizza steadfast rules that you follow? Give Give me Jan's, you know, his creed when it comes to pizza.
1: Right. Well, this is very important to me and I'm really glad you brought this up. I think it's a really important topic. I'm surprised we're not doing a whole segment on it, to be completely honest. Well, but, it was going to be an on tap episode. Well, I mean, well, we we might still might still you know, be. Yeah, we yeah. might still. You no never reason know. reason to not. Yeah, absolutely. For me, pizza is about, you know, there's so much stuff you can put on pizza. Right. But for me, while there are a lot of options, whatever you decide, you know, keep it to two to three ingredients. That's what makes it good. It's the comparison of two to three ingredients on top of a pizza, you know. And also, any topping can be great if the pizza is from the right place. So, also, where are you getting the pizza from? You know, you know, pepperoni pizza from Pizza Hut is not pepperoni pizza from like Luigi's down the street. You know, it's it's different. So you have to also find a pizza place that you trust. Uh, in general, uh, for me cheese is, is is not a topping necessarily I, I i I'm not saying I'm not, not it's not a topping I'm just saying I think extra cheese is a topping I think extra cheese is a I mean topping. I'm fine
0: I'm fine with like paying for extra cheese but it's not like a topping
1: right more that's true that's true
0: but,
1: yeah yeah that's fair that's fair um I, I yeah I've had like five cheese pizzas that feel like it's a topping before but I agree like just plain cheese pizza doesn't have any toppings for sure uh my favorite pizza is a classic extra cheese pepperoni and green peppers that's how I like my pizza nice uh, yeah you got a little vegetable I I like like a one meat one veggie combo that's kind of like my sweet spot you know really can appreciate everything and uh, I think crust is also key you know you don't I for me you don't want it too soft and you don't want it too thin uh, that's kind of where I sit uh, in terms of crust. Uh, durability, and uh, finally, to your question that you asked, uh, pineapple is terrible not on pizza. How dare you! And that is all I have to say about that. <laughs> I think that covers it. Yeah, no, cheese is not a tea-
0: topping. Pi- get pineapple the hell off of pizza. I don't. Why? I, Why? No, it's, Why? get the hell out of here. There's You're just better. Hotel, there's better. Widows. There's better. Yeah, like there's better pizza to have.
1: Oh gosh i don't right, get like, it if but, the you only know. pizza that's in front of me is a pineapple pizza and that's what i that's my option eat or eat don't eat or eat up this pineapple slice fine i'll eat it yeah, like, i'll probably right, eat it right but if you're that's ordering a
0: different, that's a different discussion that's talking about what what how low will we go for food not right. how should a pizza be made and there shouldn't be pineapple on it and i think you know my favorite i is eerily similar to yours i think i go pepperoni green pepper and then i add onion but i okay. do also i also love like taco and breakfast pizza but those are like you know
1: they're not quite traditional za but they're good yeah they're good yeah i love those pizzas too i'm you know and i'm i'm even like i'll even do the occasional like chicken bacon ranch pizza I'm yeah down for a little that. barbecue little barbecue on a pizza always yeah i'll mess with that for sure it's a nice little you throw a little you know kind of improvisation in the pizza it's really nice but do
0: you yeah. have uh do you have a, a preference between like deep dish or big old you know new york slice
1: Ah, uh, i i don't really know if i have a preference like people have asked me this question before i i like all i like i just don't like really thin i don't like super super thin crust if it's like gross but like some really good thin crust pizza is really nice and like that's good i love a new york slice i you know i I like
0: i don't really have a preference between them because i'm like it feels like i'm eating something so like they're so different right Like, yeah Yeah. i mean i guess like yeah it's bread and sauce and like cheese and stuff but like it's not eating a big old you know cut from joe's as a pair as compared to some deep dishes like it's not it's not really the same meal so i don't really have i don't think i have a preference because they're so different sort of dishes
1: they are yeah and i also don't understand people hating either of them like people that are like deep dish sucks i'm like why why does deep dish Mm. suck it's just a little more bread guys everyone as long as you don't put
0: as long as you don't put any pineapple on it it's fine
1: if (laughs) you're your deep dish pizza with pineapple then it's bad because of the pineapple not because of the crust then we can talk
0: (laughs) all right well we figured out the important pizza questions of the day Hopefully we will. We need we need more pizza discussion on this show. Jan, do. give me a historical fact for this beautiful September twenty eighth.
1: Well, my historical fact for September twenty eighth, uh, today September twenty eighth in nineteen twenty eight, Sir Alexander Fleming discovered penicillin when he noticed a bacteria killing mold growing in his laboratory. Obviously, it became a miracle drug in the 1940s, still a big part of antibiotic medication today, and I am allergic to it. So that is your historical fact for the day. Penicillin discovered, and thus Yannick's weakness also discovered. Wow. How about that?
0: (laughs) That's a a historical fact and a Yannick fun fact, all in one. That's a twofer. 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 That's that's special. That's a special way to to end an episode. My historical fact of the day is I'm I'm going sports again. On September 28th, 1941, the Boston Red Sox, Ted Williams played a doubleheader against the Philadelphia Athletics on the last day of the regular season. He was able to go 6 for 8 from the uh, at bat, boosting his batting average to 406. He's the first player since Bill Terry in 1930 to hit over 400. He's the last player ever to hit over 400. This was back in 1941. Uh, of course, Mr. Williams spent his entire career with the Boston Red Sox, one of the all-time greats. He also played his final game on September 28th, 1960 at Boston's Fenway park. He had a home run his last time at bat uh, ending his home run total, the to 521, but yeah, September 28th, very good day for Ted Williams. One of the truly great baseball players of all time.
1: Yeah. Ted Williams, the man, you know, you ever you're ever in the Boston area, it's Ted Williams. It's Ted, Teddy Ted Ted. Ted, Williams, Ted Williams and Tom over, Brady over in that area. Ta- Ted Williams and Tom Ted Brady. Ted
0: Williams and, and, and Tom Brady. All right, Jan, it's your favorite time. It's the quick fire questions. Turn up the heat, turn up the thermostat. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. Give me the English Premier League golden boot winner. And give me one more golden boot winner from one of the major leagues.
1: Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, okay. I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going for it. I think Jamie Vardy repeats his golden Hell boot. Yes. I think Jamie Vardy com, does does it again, you know, repeats his golden boot um, antics from last season. Lester looks like they're in a position to help him score a lot of goals. He is already scoring not only goals, but important goals. So you know he's going to show up when he needs to as well. And I'm not really convinced by any other goal scorer super much right now. Obviously, Calvert-Lewin doing really well, but I'd still need a little more time before I'm willing to call him a Golden Boot contender. Yeah, tough to right. expect him to keep that that up as he is. Absolutely. Killing it, though. Killing it, killing it, killing it. And, I, and I, definitely like, I definitely like Jamie Vardy to repeat his stuff there. And I'm going to make a prediction. I think that... You know, actually, I'm going to I'm going to give you two more because just because, you know, I'm, I'm going to do a little extra here just because I do want to say something. I think Cristiano Ronaldo, I think he becomes the top scorer in Serie A. I think he kind of goes off the disappointment of last year, barely losing to Chiro Mobile. I think he gets it this year. And I think Luis Suarez comes into a new team, Ooh. wins the golden boot with Atleti, with Atleti winning all of La Liga. So Atleti hey. wins La Liga. Luis Suarez wins the golden boot. And it was just he just needed a different team to keep on his stuff. I love it. I mean shit, he's got two goals through one game, right?
0: He's I mean, off to off to a good start.
1: He's on pace for sixty sixty-four. <laughs> <laughs> he's
0: on pace to absolutely annihilate the record. I love it. So we got Suarez in La Liga, Cristiano Ronaldo in Syria, and Jamie Vardy repeating as golden boot winner. In the English Premier League, terrific selections. I think there's a good chance for all of them. Uh, All right, does this playoff run for the Miami Heat make Pat Riley the best executive ever, or do you think the Heat need to win these finals for that to like really be the distinction he's earned?
1: If the Heat win this final, he's the best executive ever. I don't think that. I don't think that his legacy can be told until we see what the Heat do. If the Heat, because it's hard, right? Because the Lakers are so good right now. Like, what does that even mean? Can you say that that's against Pat Riley? If the Heat, for example, go to the finals here, compete well. Next year, they're in the Eastern Conference finals again. Then I think that is more indicative of whether Pat Riley is the best executive. You know, because you can have a one seed run. I think it definitely puts them up there, though. And I don't think a loss would take it away from them. I don't think they have to win for him to best be the best executive. I just wouldn't give him. No, I'd, I'd only give him that title if the Heat won. So that'll be my answer. The Heat have to win for him to be the best executive ever. But I don't think his chance of being the best executive is gone just because they lose. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah for sure. Right. But yeah, they have to beat the Lakers because you can say all you want, but like the East was weird this season. Like the the Bucks couldn't get it done, and they were supposed to be the best team in the entire league. Right. right. You, I mean, I, it's,
0: you know, it's the grand it's the, you know, this is more the, another chapter in the long history of, of solid executive. I mean, a lot of, a, m- a lot of his executive stuff have been maybe less through the draft and more through, you know, free agency, but someone who's, who's made a lot of strong moves as, as an executive and, and building a winner.
1: Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Love Pat Riley.
0: Who would have thought that Miami would become a Basketball town. I mean, like, it should be a baseball town. It's more, it was more of a football town because of how good the Dolphins were. And that, like, Miami's a basketball town. And that is because of, I mean, you know, Dwayne Wade, LeBron James certainly helped, but lots of it has to do with with Pat Riley. Okay. Last quick fire question. And then you're off the hot seat. Mr. Russell Wilson, we've talked about it. He feels like the overwhelming MVP favorite this year. Who do you think can challenge him?
1: Josh Allen. Josh frickin Allen. I think he has every opportunity to challenge him because he's playing well. He's got a defense that actually supports him. Granted, they didn't do well against the Rams, but the Rams offense is also really good, right? Because the Seattle defense is not going to give Russell any help. Russell's going to have to do it all on his own. And I think that's going to cause him to make some mistakes. Josh Allen doesn't have that. He has an actually like solid defense. And they get to play the Dolphins one more time, they get to play the Jets one more time. I mean, he's gonna have two, Not bad. <laughs> he's gonna have two amazing games against the Patriots with for the AFC East title. And if he can play like the MVP he is showing himself to be, it's gonna be hard to, to choose between those two if they keep it up. So yeah, I think Josh Allen for me right now is the Umber MVP candidate. But what I will say, Matt, is there is a game tonight that will show us who the third one is? There is a game tonight that will show us because if Lamar Jackson can come out here and beat Patrick Mahomes one on one, there you go. That's your third one. It's Lamar Jackson at the other man,
0: end. Man, no right? No respect for the man in Wisconsin. None. Not, not even, even a mention of him. Not even I think, a mention. He Yana, Yana goes from not believing in Josh Allen last week to putting him as an MVP favorite over. Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes.
1: Aaron No, no, no. I think I I put Aaron Rodgers over Patrick Mahomes right now in my head. That's what I'm going to say. Performance performance-wise I do. I think for me right now it's Russell, it's Josh Allen, it's Lamar, it's Aaron, it's Patrick. Those are my top 5.
0: All righty. There you go. Put okay. some respect on the guy's name.
1: Yeah, 3, I three and that. 0. 3 okay. and 0
0: highest scoring offense in the league.
1: All those other guys are also going to be 3 and 0. <laughs>
0: Oh, I didn't know they had the highest
1: scoring offenses in the league. I didn't know any of those guys had a running back like Aaron Jones right now. Well, it's not Aaron's fault. got to throw no. the ball to someone. Okay. All right. All right. I give him that four. I, I'll give you a four. I'll give you a four.
0: <laughs> Josh Allen over Aaron Rodgers. This kid's lost his mind. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. So much to talk about today. There will obviously be a lot more to talk about here in the near future. Finals getting underway. We may have a Stanley Cup champion when we talk next. But please, you know, stay safe, wear a mask, register to vote, hold the door, give your neighbor a cup of sugar. Jan, what else you got for the lovely people?
1: Right. I mean, we are at one hundred eighty-six dollars raised for Black Lives Matter. Thank you for everybody who's listened and tuned in because that's a lot of great money that we're already get to two hundred. Let's get to two hundred. We got a couple more episodes. You know, like in terms of this being split up. So. You know, give them both a listen. Let us get there. It's not too much more. And uh, we'll be happy. And we'll announce that on Wednesday, Wednesday's uh, recording so that you guys know where we stand with that. All right, guys. Appreciate it. Cheers, y'all.